Welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Tunnel. I'm your host, Andrew Walker. It's opening week in the Canadian Premier League. We've already had two matches to kick off the season. York United faced Halifax while Atletico Ottawa battled Cavalry. This weekend will be a big one though. Edmonton hosts Valor while Pacific takes on Forge in a rematch from last year's championship. In just a moment, I'll chat with Pacific's Jordan Haynes about how he and his club are gearing up for the big game and how he's feeling heading into his third season in the CPL. Let's get to it. This Sunday, Pacific FC will enter Starlight Stadium as the reigning CPL champions but they'll be up against a familiar opponent. The Tridents will also have to prove they can defend their title after some key departures took place, including Lucas McNaughton and Caden Chun, who left for the MLS, and Pamaduka, who left for Texas. But my next guest believes his team is ready for anything. Jordan Haynes is a defender with Pacific. I reached him earlier this week to find out how he and the boys are gearing up for the big home opener rematch at Starlight. Jordan, thanks for being with us. How are you and the boys feeling heading into Sunday's home opener? Uh, honestly, really good. You know, we've got um, we've got a majority of our guys back. Um, obviously, you, everyone would have seen our, our offseason with a lot of changes, but, you know, a lot of core guys staying, um, and um, one of them being our head coach. Um, but the good news is our, our new head coach, you know, was with us last year. So a lot of the, a lot of the same things are carrying over and it's, uh, it's good to have some, uh, continuity. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the changes gone are Lucas McNaughton and Caden Chun, who are with Toronto FC, Taryn Campbell and Alessandro Hojabrapur are with Forge, who you'll face on Sunday, of course, and Ollie Bassett, he's in Ottawa. How have you been able to adapt? Personally, you know, as, as a player, uh, more so than as a team and, you know, or in a coaching role, um, I kind of continued my, my same, you know, preparation, training habits. Uh, they, they mostly stay the same. But uh, obviously, when you lose uh, players like uh, Chung and McNaughton, uh, you can't get mad when they're moving up a level into TFC. And I know both of them are doing well. But then you obviously have some others that, you know, move around the league and, uh, like you said, we'll play a couple of them uh, in this uh, upcoming game on Sunday uh, against Forge. Um, and obviously some people have some choice words. Um, I don't really have much. I, you know, everyone's, everyone, I respect everyone's decision as long as it's right for them. And um, I, uh, I just can't wait to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> in the words of Will Ferrell, everybody love everybody. <laughs> exactly. Everybody love everybody except for the 90 minutes when we need the three points. <laughs> This will be your third year with Pacific. You're a CPL champion. You've competed in the Canadian Championship Series against the Whitecaps and TFC, all while facing off against some of our Canadian national team members. How would you describe all of that following your time with the UBC Thunderbirds? It's kind of like a fairy tale story um, for myself, you know, looking looking back on where I was to where I am now. Um, I had uh, I had, you know, a few years pro prior to um, going to UBC, and then I took a turn in my career uh, and went to school for a year, uh, and then yeah, three years with Pacific since uh, since leaving UBC after the one year, um, and it's you know it's just kind of crazy, like you said, uh, first year you know we had the bubble, 
in PEI the full season. It was definitely, I mean, a change of scene and learning curve for everybody, not just myself, but that was my first year back. And it was, you know, it was, I guess, easier to adapt when everyone else had to adapt to the season. Um, but then the second year, you know, last year we won, we won the league and it's just, it's just mind blowing for me to, to have been able to accomplish that in, uh, just my second year back pro. And, you know, like you said, uh, year three now, um, I just, I just can't wait to, uh, you know, get it under, underway. It's been a, it's been a quick preseason, you know, we're used to, uh, COVID preseasons of three to four months, but, uh, finally we have a little bit of normality here with, uh, the third year. Yeah, it must have been great going from the Island Games and then the Winnipeg bubble to playing in front of fans at Starlight. Yeah, uh, I will say after two years of playing in bubbles, and it kind of felt, you know, normal because that's what we did last year. But uh, obviously it's not normal for for football. Um, I mean, I can't recall this ever happening before, you know, in a pro in a pro setting. And then uh, we had our first home game at Starlight and I was almost just like, is this real? Like, are we actually even playing a, a game right now? Like, there's people in the stands. Am I allowed to go talk to them? Am I allowed to even go near them? And, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, if like we scored a goal and then I remember half our team was like, what do we do? Like, <laughs> do we just celebrate with ourselves? Are we, are we allowed to go over to the fans? You know, because it's, it's, it's all about them more than just us, obviously, right? Without, without people uh, supporting a team, you know, there wouldn't be a team in the first place. So we're like, we got to do it. Like, we have to go celebrate with them. Come on. <laughs> And and I remember when you guys played uh, Vancouver and you beat them towards the end of the game, I mean, or actually at the end of the game, I, forget, I think it was just really a handful of uh, players and uh, the keeper that just jumped over the, I think the barricade and started dancing with the fans. And I thought, oh, well, this is so unusual to see. Are they, are we allowed to go up to them? It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, the, the I remember there was actually a photograph taken. Uh, it's It's honestly perfect for the moment where we scored our first goal. I believe it was um, Taron Campbell. Yeah, the penalty Mm -hmm. and you you see uh our supporter section like toppling over the barricades and like breaking them and like obviously like you can't tell us that it was you know um what what we should be doing in that situation because in on the field it's you you don't even think about that right you're just thinking like oh my goodness you know we just scored a goal against the whitecaps you know, and going on to winning, like I've never high fived so many people, signed so many things. I even gave my jersey away. Um, the the scene itself at Starlight was insane. And, you know, obviously, you could say we broke maybe some COVID rules at the time, but um, I, I will stand by what we did. <laughs> well, come this Sunday, I'm sure all of the COVID rules will be long gone and forgotten. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I just looked uh, on social media today, uh, the confirmation of the BC vaccine card um, becoming obsolete. You know, they're not going to use that anymore. So uh, as as close to real uh, football it was last year, I'm sure this year, you know, one full year of just, uh, you know, normal season. It's, I think it's going to be it's going to be so good just for everybody, you know, as a whole, not just players or staff members uh, or the league, but mostly for, you know, everyone to enjoy the football to, to come. Now, you're a former U-sports guy. There's been a lot of U-sports soccer talent we've seen following the draft. Any former players you've enjoyed facing off against? Um, so I almost had the opportunity to play against um, uh, fellow teammates last year, actually. Um, Daniel Kaiser, you know, he was drafted to uh, Cavalry. That's right. And Tommy Gardner was drafted by Edmonton. Um, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Daniel suffered an injury uh, late into the bubble. Um, so when we played them outside of the bubble, our first home game, he was hurt and didn't travel. 
And then by the time his uh, U-sport contract came to an end and he was going back to school, um, it was uh, too late for me to be able to play him. Um, so that would have been fun because, you know, I, I have a really good relationship with Daniel. He's a great kid. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, I do see him again. But, um, yeah, like like I said, it just unfortunately I didn't get to play against him. And same thing with Tommy. He, uh, he as well suffered an injury uh, because we would have played them shortly after the bubble as well. But um, didn't end up getting to play against him either, too. Great kid. Um, thinking uh, of opponents, um, I'm not too sure if I actually was able to come across many U-sport guys, actually. Okay. Um, I would have only just been battling with uh, the guys on my team that I would have seen. Any advice for a player in U-sports that wants to turn pro? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, say... You know, my word is is 100% correct, uh, you know, but um, I've had the opportunity to have gone from the pro level down to U-sports and USL back up to pro. So I think I have, you know, a pretty good grasp on what it takes um, to make it back. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not just talking at myself here when I give the advice, but I think it's uh, uh, warranted where um, it's the same it's same advice I usually give anybody, where, uh, depending on where you're coming from. It, is, it doesn't even have to be a U-sport player or a uh, USL player. It could be, could be at any level. Um, but the biggest thing for me to make the jump is, is may sound cliche, but hard work. Um, every opportunity you get to, you know, perfect your craft or better yourself, whether it be in fitness, technique, you know, reading the game, uh, in any aspect, if you're not putting in the time and effort, you know, you won't get anything out of it. Um, and uh, the higher you go, just the harder you have to work. You know, every training session off the field, are you doing everything you can? You know, uh, hard work doesn't just um, only consist of my what I'm doing in training. You know, an hour and a half of hard work is quite easy. Uh, it may not seem like hard work, but when you're at home, are you doing the right things? You know, technically working hard could be uh, working on your diet, working on your sleep habits. It, it does take effort to do those things because I've uh, I've made drastic changes in my life before uh, when it came or sorry when it comes to diet and it it, it changed um, night and day for me. So any any time you can put in the extra effort to better yourself, I I think that's that's the that's what'll you you'll you'll end up seeing uh, something out of it. You know, the time you put in, you'll you'll get it back. Great advice. Hey, just before we go, how will it feel playing against Campbell and Hojapapur? Yeah, um, you know, I got along with Taryn and, and Alessandro. Good kids. Uh, you know, I like to say good kids to a lot of people. I don't want to seem like I'm old, but, you know, they're younger than me. Um, and they, you know, they, they found they found themselves taking a different path uh, than staying with Pacific. Um, so it'll be nice to see them again. But there'll probably be some booze in the, in the stands, but... You know, it might be a little warranted in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All righty. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll be in the stands and good luck this weekend. Yeah, man, I can't wait to see you. It's, yeah, I, hope it's, I hope it's an electric time, like, uh, like you said yeah, previously uh, against the Whitecaps. And I hope it just continues throughout the season. I really appreciate that. There you have it. Good luck to both teams and hope to see all PFC supporters out this Sunday. I'm Andrew Walker. Thanks for listening.